Welcome to the Awaken City Squadcast. Um, I'm Sarah and here I am today with our senior leader, Michael. Um, and we're going to discuss our latest series, Sexuality and the Gospel. Uh, so yesterday's message was believing the story of Jesus. Yeah. Do you want to give us a bit of a recap? Yeah, that? well, I think the key thing here is um, believing in into the story of Jesus rather than um, just believing in Jesus. And I sort of touched on that a little bit. Um, to be fair, I could probably do like a whole series on that. Um, so, but I only just touched on it yesterday. But you know, we, I guess, wanting to get out of our minds that the Christian faith is about a belief in Jesus, but actually, the Christian faith is about um, believing into Jesus. So it's talking about trust, about um, about not just believing in, but actually, what shapes our whole belief system that then shapes the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we act in our world. Um, and so um, so we want to be people that are continually believing into Jesus. So John 3.16, it says that um, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, if you read that in a literal translation, it says whoever is believing into Jesus. Right. So it's, it's, it's an active participation in the life, way and truth mm-hmm. of Jesus, not just a belief and yeah, I think God's real, um, but I kind of want to live my own way. It's actually trusting that that Jesus and His kingdom, His way, His truth, His life, uh, is is the greatest way to live. You know, and and actually trusting in that. So you know, so contrasted the stories of the garden of seizing autonomy from God uh, versus actually um, putting our trust. Great. in Jesus so yeah I feel like that flips the whole script of what I know that when I became a Christian at 15 like what I was taught then it's, it's so different yeah yeah I think we, we focus so much on what we believe yeah and I think we have a a, a a bit of a crisis I think in the in our western faith is that we we're taught what to believe but very little people know why they believe what they believe yeah. and even less on how to believe what we believe and I think that's the key thing that this is um, that it's not just objective Mm -hmm. truth uh, but actually this is the embodiment of truth that Jesus is actually he he lives in us we are in him Mm -hmm. this is about union and us bearing witness to this person called Jesus to show the world because we stop we often stop at conversion eh? like it's like conversion is the big that's the goal but actually this is a lifelong journey of yeah yeah totally and so we bring that into the sexuality conversation and if we're just if it's just the focus on on what we believe Mm. then then of course it just it's just at the surface level around um around morality Mm. and and the right rules that you have to follow so that you get to heaven when you die um versus what does it actually mean to understand that we are embodied souls that we are um you know not just spiritual beings having a Mm. bodily experience but what does it actually mean to be human and what does it mean to be a human that is that is um bringing our whole bodies to jesus as a living sacrifice Mm -hmm. not just living a moral code you know, morality plus willpower does not equal holiness. No, you that's know? right. Um, so, yeah. So, so I'm just trying to like shift our perspective on some of this stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah. Great. So this week we've only got one question that came in, and we want to thank the person who sent it in because so it was a very vulnerable question. Again, I feel like the questions, the later we've gotten into the series, the further we've gone, mm. it's more pastoral kind of heart stuff. Yeah. Um, so the question is. 
Um, my husband has not wanted sex for over a year. Even when I try to initiate it, he laughs me off, makes excuses and rejects me. I wanted a husband, not a flatmate. Mm. Is it a sin to force your marriage partner to live a life of celibacy? We're not fasting, we are not sick. Uh, we do not sleep in the same room due to shift work and insomnia. Um, I look after my parents, there has been no cheating. What am I doing wrong? Mm. I mean, first of all, I just want to say, um, you know, thank you for mm. such an honest and vulnerable question. And I mean, my heart goes out to this person. I'd love to be able to sit yeah. with them and, and actually talk with them. Um, and I understand that it is a, a, you know, a vulnerable question. So they, they just may not be, you know, this yeah. avenue of being able to ask anonymously is, is maybe feel safe for them at, at this moment. Um, I, I think for me, uh, when I think about um, sex and, and intimacy, the, the, the act of sex is always the, it's the exhaust fumes of mm. true intimacy. Um, and so I, I would be um, wanting to ask further questions around what does intimacy look like yeah. um, as a couple. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I can only imagine that, uh, that there's a whole lot of other things around intimacy mm -hmm. that there, there probably needs to be unpacked yeah. um, for, for this couple. And so I, I think that there needs to be a really honest conversation. Um, I'm just sort of taking from the question that that potentially there hasn't been an, like an honest question of, hey, why don't you want mm. to have sex? Um, that's an honest question that's gonna require an honest answer. Yeah. Um, and, and then I would be saying that once you've opened that conversation around, you know, with some honest questions, um, I, I think that should be opening an avenue to actually go and talk with a counselor yeah. or or someone that can actually help you to mm. navigate through, through this business. Um, yeah, it's. I think it would be pointing to something much deeper yeah. than just we're not having sex. Yeah. And I think that deeper thing needs to be explored. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah great. Um, and I guess, you know, for this woman, if the husband doesn't want to participate in counselling, do you think she should still go alone? You know, like, what do you think? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think there would be absolute value in, yeah. um, in working that through with someone. Yeah. Great. All right, so that's the only questions we've got so far. Next week we're doing our Q&A on Sunday, so mm. it's going to be really great with uh, Ellie as well on stage. So tune in for that. Uh, all right, so yesterday you talked about being hard on sin versus being honest about mm. sin, and I think that was a bit of a shift for a lot of people as well. We're used to hearing in the church, you know, that whole, yeah, being hard on sin because sin is, is behaviour, yeah. um, and you kind of flip that. Do you want to kind of give us a bit of a definition of sin? Yeah. It's not just about behaviour. No, well, sin, the word sin has a number of different meanings. And again, we have our English Bibles and we've mm. just got the word sin, but it's actually worthwhile going and looking each time they use the word sin, what are they talking about? Um, and uh, and so the the most common use is the word harmatia, which um, uh, is, is translated to miss the mark. Um, the problem with that is that we then, if we think about behaviour, we think that the mark is perfect behaviour. Yeah. Um, the best way to think about it, I think, is that the mark is Jesus. Mm. So, so if you think about it, maybe with the Old Testament paradigm, you've got um, where the law is the mark. So, so it is actually based on behaviour. That's mm -hmm. you know that you the mark is the law to sinners to miss the mark of the law. 
um, then we bring that into an, into a new covenant paradigm where Jesus has fulfilled the law. Um, so the mark is no longer the law; the mark is Jesus. He mm. he is, um, and so the goal is is not to live a perfect life like Jesus. The goal is that as as we focus more on um, our union with Him, we become more like Him, and so right. that actually changes mm-hmm. our behaviour because we have been changed from the inside out. Yeah. You know, righteousness is an inside out job, it's not an outside in. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for mm. only being concerned about the outside of, a, of yeah. the cup. And you know, so, so we need to have that understanding that this is actually yeah. about, um, sin is actually about, again, it's coming back to that same thing. Do I, am I believing into the story mm. of Jesus and trusting that his, his ways are better, yeah. that his life is, is better? Um, and so it actually has to do with unbelief mm-hmm. um, versus behavior. And, and, and sometimes in scripture it is talking about um, behavior, yeah. but it's very rarely. Um, but, and, and then we've got um, lists of, uh, you know, we might call them lists of sin in, in scripture, and, and you can find them in places like Romans 1 yeah. and 1 Corinthians 6 and things like that. Um, that actually, the language that they use around that is more like the fruit of the flesh. Right. Um, in Hebrews, it talks about repenting from dead works, um, and so and then Paul also says that anything that is not faith is sin, mm-hmm. and so I, th- I think what we're really starting to see a picture of is that is that these behaviours that Paul was highlighting here, saying these are pointing to something deeper, yeah. and the deeper issue is unbelief. Mm-hmm. We 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 and another way maybe to think about it is that. We 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 self-medicating our brokenness, mm-hmm. and so so instead of taking our brokenness to Jesus, we are trying in our own self, yeah. in our own flesh, to try mm-hmm. and get the needs met. And and the only way to do that is to take life. Yeah. So in Jesus, the goal we find life. He is mm-hmm. the true source of life, and to to not have faith that he is the true source of life. We we are inbuilt, as I said on Sunday, with these these deep needs. Mm-hmm. We are. Our natural state is the state of longing. We are naturally hungry. I mean, when a baby comes out yeah, of the birth, yeah. it, it is screaming, I'm hungry, yeah. you know? And so it's almost like as, uh, that our natural state as humans is to be screaming, I'm hungry, you know? Yeah. And, and and the longing that we have is mm. for our creator, re- reunion with our creator. Right. That is the longing. And so to so we we're, we need this the source of life. Jesus is the source, but to... To not have faith in Him is to try and take life from so, others, right. and so we're we're always grasping, mm-hmm. taking, we're dehumanizing others yeah. to get to get life, and so I think that's that's what sin is, um, and so when we put on people that they need to change their behaviour. Mm-hmm. and normally it's around that disconnection thing. You need to change your behaviour so that God will be more pleased with you. Yeah. God will. You know all of that sort of stuff. It's it's totally back. It's actually anti-Christ. Well, it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of almost aligning up with what the enemy tells. Like I know that when I was fifteen and I backslid, uh, and for me that was around pornography and stuff. And it was for me it was the you can't why you can't read your Bible, you can't pray. That was all the enemy in my head. Mm, totally. Uh, and I, mean, I guess you know where Christians do that to each other. Like you just need to stop that sin. Yeah. Who are we aligning with? Whose voice are we echoing in that moment? Totally. All, all it does is it pushes us 
to either double down on the behavior mm. um, because we, we hide it, we're full yeah. of shame, full of guilt, um, or, or you know, the whole scapegoating idea where we're, mm. we're actually pointing out what's wrong in others so that we can feel better about yeah. ourselves. I mean, that, that is sin. Yeah. <laughs> scapegoating is sin just as much as what someone's behavior is. Um, and so, um, yeah, but, it's, but so if we're honest about sin, yeah. then we create this culture where we, where we are honest about our own mm-hmm. sin, about the, own, about the places where we aren't trusting Jesus, mm. where we are, are um, wrestling with what it means to really trust, you know, maybe in the area of finances or, yeah. you know, maybe it is sexual immorality and where we, we have a whole lot of shame wrapped mm-hmm. around that and we feel like we, uh, that we find our worth and value in giving ourselves away to others or, or whatever. That, the giving away of ourselves to others is rooted in the unbelief. Yeah. And so, so I always say to my uh, son, who, he's nearly 10, but at the, at the moment he is wrestling with anger and frustration. Because, you know, a couple of years ago his grandma died and that's been huge for mm. him. And, and so he has all these emotions that he's not sure what to do with. Um, and so he might be angry or frustrated and so my response now to him is um i'll say hey what's going on dude and he'd be like i'm just so angry at, at my sister or i'm just frustrated and, and so i'll say hey anger is a secondary emotion mm-hmm. are you feeling sad or are you feeling scared mm-hmm. and then that helps him disconnect from the anger and he said actually i woke up this morning feeling really sad about about jimmy his, mm-hmm. his grandma i'm like okay dude come here and get and you know, and, and we have a hug, and we talk about that, yeah. and that settles his heart again. Yeah, because you're meeting the need that he has that he doesn't know how to express. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and so if we if we're able to think about it that way, now we know that when we are acting in certain ways, they are pointers to the fact that that there are areas of unbelief mm-hmm. and trust mm-hmm. in the person of Jesus. The goal is him. Yeah not trying to fix mm-hmm. the negative behavior that's religion yeah. the, the goal was jesus as we find uh, and recognize and understand our union with him it changes us from the inside mm. out mm. and isn't that the gospel yeah. <laughs> that we are changed right. from the inside out that our hearts have been renewed that we are given a new spirit that we are recreated that you yeah. know so so I, so I want us to have a culture where we are able to be honest about sin in the sense that every person that walks in the door would have this sense that, oh man, we're all on this journey. Mm. And, 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 um, and so it's this, this sense that we're able to say, yeah, me too, Yeah. but here's Jesus. Yeah, let's bring some hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and and you know and the reality is we we all have different areas of our life you you have areas of your life where you're able to trust in jesus in ways that i'm mm. i'm not there yet and so that's why i need you mm. you know vice versa. this is how it is it's community yeah totally mm. you know and so we are all expressing our trust for jesus in different ways and so we all need each other yeah so that we can help one another mm. to trust Jesus more. And so I think, so if we're honest about sin, then we can create that culture. Yeah. But if we're just hard on sin, 
then we're just um, like to Edo Butoza, he, he said that a, a Pharisee is someone who is hard on others but soft on themselves. But a mm. truly spiritual person is someone who is soft on others but hard on themselves. And, and I don't know whether you know, the hard word is, is the, maybe the right word, but, but what he is saying is, is like, let's be honest about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before we look to others and try and you know, apply the Bible to their lives, let's be honest about our lives. Yeah. Let's be honest about you know, our own places of unbelief yeah. and help and, one another. And what would change, I think, even when you're talking about scapegoating, and I think of almost like, what would that be like if we were to catch, and I know I've caught myself in the past where I've wanted to blame everything else apart from my own mm. dysfunction in that moment, but what if we were catching that in ourselves and catching it in others that would look differently because we wouldn't be injuring people and uh, mm. they're trying to blame others for, oh, I got angry because of them or because of... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and that, I mean, that's what I'm trying to help my son with. Mm. Um, and he's 10. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping that by the time he's an adult, he might be yeah. able to manage this stuff better because what he is doing is scapegoating. Yeah. His initial response mm -hmm. to, hey, dude, why are you angry, is to scapegoat. Yeah. It's their fault. Mm. And that is the original lie that, yes. you know, is that the result of the original lie that deceived Adam and Eve, that God is withholding from you, yeah. you know, that, that, that God isn't actually able to meet all your needs and he, he's actually holding stuff back mm. from you. That, that was the original lie. And the result was they judged God, they judged themselves and judged others. Okay. So you start doing any of those, Yeah. red flags. Yeah. Totally. So what is God wanting to do? He's re wanting to restore the way that we see him, mm -hmm. the way that we see ourselves, and the way that we see others. Yeah, that's good. And, and that's what repentance is. Yeah. We're, he's restoring our, the way that we see. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I think, you know, there probably can be a whole lot more unpacked about what repentance is as well in regard mm -hmm. to that. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that we would we would just re represent the heart of Jesus yeah. so much better if we could get a handle on yeah. on this. Yeah. And you've got a relationship with Israel, so you were able to mm. call them out on the scapegoating. Mm. Yeah, how good would that be for us as a community <clears throat> to be safe enough with one another that we can go, are you scapegoating right now? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because all of that sort of hard on some stuff that I put on that mm. slide, um, is that is an unsafe community of people. Absolutely. And, and, you know, because the scapegoating thing, because, you know, I talked about it creates false unity. Mm. So, so what it does is, it, is, is we, we gather around how we don't yes. like someone else or we gather around how we aren't like mm. this person or that group of people. But what happens is that is really, really unsafe because at some point uh, you might be the person being scapegoated. Chances are eventually <laughs> it will come around. It'll come around and yeah. now, now you're the person who's out. Yeah. But actually, um, Jesus is the wellspring of life, mm -hmm. and so if, if He is the goal, then we are we are digging a deep well mm -hmm. that people will want to come to. Yes. We don't need to build fences to decide who's in and out. I love that imagery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll stick close to the well. We don't need to be fenced in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, people, people, we we are designed to. For, for union with God yeah. and, and for me the best way to describe that union is life the tree of 
life. That's right. <laughs> you know, he is the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And so if we're digging deep wells of life, yeah. then people will want to stay close. Yeah. All right, so uh, yesterday you talked a little bit about shame as well. Mm. Um, and obviously shame is, l- probably most people carry shame, more some more than others. Yeah. Um, do you want to speak into that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, my hope is that the church w- would be a place where there, where shame can't stay. Mm. Um, but unfortunately with that whole hard on sin sort of thing, I mean, it, it instantly creates a culture of shame. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at the life of Jesus. Um, he never traded in shame, mm. and neither should we. No. He never traded in guilt, and neither should we. And because um, the whole idea of shame is that we we feel that we are something wrong, and so and and that can come on us because of of things that we have done mm-hmm. or things that have been done That's to right. us. Um, and so we we feel the effects of that, and it it's it seems to be like so deep within us as human yeah. beings that it it, it completely um, shapes our sense of worth. Mm. Um, and I think there's three key areas that it can target, and it's our, our, a sense of worthiness. It makes us feel helpless yeah. and hopeless, mm. and um, and all of those things are, are answered in Jesus, you That's know. Right. Um, but if we create an environment where we're saying you need to work to, you know, you need mm. to earn to get to Jesus, then um, we create a, we just perpetuate the shame cycle yeah. for people. Um, and so I, yeah, so so. When you think about that whole idea that I am something wrong, because I've been looking into the whole thing of sin, I I asked myself the question the other day: um, Did Jesus ever call anyone a sinner? And what was your findings? <laughs> uh, it seems that he only called Pharisees sinners. It's really interesting. Um, he u- certainly used he he uh, he certainly used the words he used, used the word sinner eight times. Right twice when he was talking about Pharisees. Mm-hmm. But every other time it seemed that he was responding to the label that the Pharisees had put on others. Right. And so he was he never never directly called them or labeled mm-hmm. them as sinners, but he would he would he when the Pharisees labeled them as sinners, he said, Well haven't I called sinners to repentance? Right. You know, so he's in other words, he's calling them out of that yeah. you know, place. Um, but he never directly labelled. Oh, I just found that interesting for myself, thinking about the whole idea that shame is, or, or the sense that I am something yeah. wrong, and, and Jesus never directly labelled mm. people with those ideas. Yeah. Um, because that speaks very to the very core of who we are mm. as people. Yeah. Um, and um, and so, you know, I, so I found that really interesting as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess you know you think of Jesus, you know. So early in the Gospel of John, he shows up to the woman at the well, Samaritan woman, mm. uh, out in the middle of the day because she couldn't go to the well yeah. when the other woman would go, potentially shamed. She'd been, what, married five times and mm. the man she was with is not her husband. Yeah, yeah Jesus is not 
throwing any labels on her and said has quite the theological discussion with her and um, yeah yeah I think the thing that I've been considering is um, it's not just what Jesus said that's important but how he said them Mm. and how he interacted with people Um, I think that's really important yeah and so what I I, what I don't want people to hear you know because people always hear what I'm not saying (laughs) What I'm not saying is that Jesus didn't care about sin yeah. or he, he, you know, was just letting people live in their sin. What, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that he didn't use that as an identifier. Mm. He doesn't use it as an identity. Um, he, because that's not how he sees people. Mm. Um, he sees people as human beings mm-hmm. of, you know, worth and value yeah. Um, and people that he knows were once made for union with him, um, and he's wanting to draw people back into into union. That's great. Um, and and the key thing there is is belief, yeah. you know, belief into Jesus. So, yeah. So with the whole um, with the whole shame thing, I just man, imagine imagine a community of people where. There was, sure, maybe people maybe carry shame into that community, but the community never perpetuated shame. Yeah. I think that's who we need to be as a community. How do we get there? How do do we move, I guess, in ourselves as we carry shame? How do we get brave, I guess, and courageous in, in sharing that with the right people? But then on the other side being a safe people mm. where if someone brings their shame and their mess and their uh you know and i think about you know 15 year old sarah with pornography didn't share that for like 20 years because it didn't necessarily have the right spaces to share that in so yeah how do we become that community where that stuff can be shared safely and then the freedom that comes from all of that yeah totally i mean i think a big thing is not reminding ourselves that we are not savior Mm. jesus is um i had i had a a circumstance a couple of weeks ago where where someone um they had done something that they in in them they felt was shameful they didn't really want to talk to me about it Mm -hmm. um and my response to them and and they reflected back to me that it was really good for them to hear it um and and it felt like they could open Mm -hmm. up further in the future um but i said uh like i really don't understand Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to lie and say that I understood, you know. Yeah. Like I, I don't understand why you you did right. that, but I'm not putting any shame on you for doing right. it. Um, because I want why? Because I don't want to be hard on them. I want them to be honest, mm-hmm. as I want to be honest with them. Yeah. Um, because I want to create this culture of honesty. Now that person feels safer to come to me again yeah. the the next time. Mm-hmm. So and say actually, Michael's not going to judge me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to listen to me and hear me, and he's always going to point me to Jesus. Yes, yeah. And so that's, I, I think if we can, um, and I'm not saying I've got this nailed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm I'm just learning. But the biggest thing for me has been learning that I am not the savior. Mm-hmm. I can't fix people. Um, all I can do is just point them to Jesus. Correct. Yeah, and I yeah. think that has to be the key thing and again if we're honest about ourselves um, then we can be honest with people around us yeah it's great yeah 
yeah, because I think we just wear ourselves out if we're trying to fix people. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. No. Great. Have you got any other thoughts that you want to share? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just with the, as we, you know, we're bringing to end the, the whole yeah. sexuality series, uh, I, my prayer is that people wouldn't just go, oh yeah, well that was interesting and, and sort of move move on. I think there is so much more to be mined around mm-hmm. the whole um, the whole idea of sexuality. Yeah. Um, and and so I guess I want to invite people in, into mm-hmm. that, like keep searching, yeah. keep digging, keep, um, there's a whole lot of gold to be mined yeah. around the whole topic of sexuality. And um, yeah, let's let's just continue to be a community of redemptive love. Like that was the goal, you know, yeah. that we would become a community of redemptive love. That doesn't finish now. We're going to keep journeying That's into it. that as we you know, and as we journey into our next series, which is um, you know, bearing witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and a- again, that really is you know, how do we continue to be a community of redemptive love? Yeah. Um, you know, people that bear witness to Jesus, bear witness to the kingdom. Uh, and and show the world that there is a different way. Mm-hmm. There is, um, you know, there's a third way, the way of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like um, discipleship has been altered a little bit through this series, like because now sexuality is something that we can discuss without, you know, yeah, without shame, without um, fear. This and actually, yeah, should continue in our conversations yeah. moving forward. Uh, totally. Yeah. 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 yeah it's awesome. Great. Well, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. I hope it blessed and helped you. Uh, you can find us, I guess, on social media if you want to connect with us, um, share your story, um, ask any questions. Um, but we'll see you next week. See you later.